Hello humans, hello humans. February 1, on the uh, outward bound leg, heading back out to the coast. <sighs> nice and relaxed. Hopefully I won't encounter any more accidents. Uh, there were a couple of near misses on the way into town. <laughs> there were a couple in town that I saw. So it's getting really dangerous. This is an aspect of the um, uh, the big ugly. It's also an aspect of the um, uh, the release tension, right? So you get in the wreck, all the tension pours out of you. There's a sudden uh, building tension component to your body as your body is flooded with hormones just before the wreck, and then afterwards. Uh, depending on the state of your body, probably pretty cl uh, clearly instantly, like really close to instantly, uh, you would get a, the beginning of the release. And so that's what we're getting into now at a social order. So if we want to think of um, uh, our projections here that I get from my data, uh, it's kind of like we're looking at all of humanity as a single body and uh, just plotting how a single person would react to the the lines of tension and so on um, that are described within the changes in the language. So it, it's really complicated. It's um, squirrely as shit and it works occasionally, spectacularly, but it works all the time to a degree that it's worth paying attention to. So I knew weeks back, six, six or more weeks back, that February 2nd was going to be um, uh, a pivoting point, right? That we were, uh, as I put it, that's the wave cresting. The the boats and all of this, all the debris and the the flotsam and the jetsam from uh, the Naradime is in the water, floating and sinking actively, and the Wu is about to submerge it all. And we won't be coming out for a long time. So this process is going to involve us. Um, coming to grips with and internalizing to the point that we can get some level of acceptance of it all, of what's happened to us over these last three years, but not, in my opinion, as, as what has happened to us over these three last three years, but rather what has been building for over a hundred years that expressed itself in the events of these last three years. So I'm an old fart. This is my 70th year. Um, it gives you a perspective on things to survive this long, especially if you've died a bunch of times and come back. I mean, there's nothing that's going to clear your, your system out and give you an appreciation for things, a crystal clear vision, um, uh, more than dying, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, <laughs> okay, so I'm a comedian, I'm a jokester, so I'm saying, okay, nothing clears your brain like dying. You should try it. <laughs> so anyway, um, no, I know. But uh, quite seriously, um, it is not possible for me to uh, give an accurate uh, impression of what I perceived as the impression going through the data. So I could read you off all these descriptors, but you don't have my history with it, and so you don't know the way in which the the, the, the descriptors lining out and the values and stuff uh, pre-say um, 
events that will or not uh, pre say um, emotional responses that that are indicators that there's going to be events of some serious magnitude uh, you know I know I'm going on on it uh, about this I'm really sorry about that part of it because it's probably super redundant and doesn't uh, isn't going to mean anything to people but maybe sometime later maybe weeks from now somebody will um, uh, listen to this and then they'll say, oh yeah, fuck, now I know why my last six weeks or whatever has been the way it has, right? And so that will give them a perspective that they will be then able to alter their vision of what, uh, alter what they're seeing uh, of what universe is presenting. And so maybe they can make some better choices as to what's happening. So, um, you know, everybody feels the tension, but if you know that there are people actively doing things to, like, say, uh, you know, assault the Bastille, then your, your thinking about it is going to be more focused, and then you have a bunch of decisions, you know, do I go along with, uh, uh, with Jean-Claude and, uh, and Glicks, and we assault the, the, the Bastille, uh, you know, figuratively, metaphorically, or do I go do something else, whatever, right? So, but you are at least able to start making um, decisions with yourself in a um, uh, plotted, so to speak, in a larger view of what's going on, as opposed to being walking along the street, swept up by a crowd that is coming in that is just so big and so massive and so emotionally um, entrained and and focused and uh, emotionally high uh, that you just, you, you know, that you're swept along with it. And so I've been in those kind of situations. A lot of people have. You go to big concerts and this sort of thing um, is a minor uh, tame taste of it, right? Uh, 50, 60,000 people in a stadium, all of that kind of energy. This is a minor taste of what's coming up to us in terms of um, this period of release language. Now, I'm actually of the opinion that the release language is going to focus on, which makes release a lot of sense, all of the damage done by the COVID injectables. And so we're going to see a, a turn, an entire flip. So the iceberg is going to rotate, right? And all of us guys that have been on the bottom of the iceberg, now we're coming up into the air. Now we're going to start being able to say things uh, that is going to be part of the overwoo, that will have an emotional attachment to our words that we will not be able to understand in its effect on other people at the time we're uttering those words. So uh, it's a, an issue of, you know, uh, if you're in a really agitated mental state, then you're going to take my words a little differently than if you're not. And depending on that agitated mental state, some of my words may act as uh, prompts or triggers for you to take action that I'm totally unaware of. And universe is just prompting me to say that particular word, you know, orangutan or tangerine or whatever the hell it is. It's going to set you off for your purposes, for its purposes within you. And I have no knowledge of that, right? So every that's what I'm saying. That everybody that's a pundit, everybody that's out there uh, flapping their gums and, and wagging their tongue and spewing out words and all of that kind of stuff right now has no fucking clue of the impact of those words as we go forward once we trip past February 2nd. Uh, I can get into the dates and all of that kind of shit 
at some other point. It's, it's not really meaningful. If you're interested in how I do it, I could maybe at some point I'll, I'll sit down with some programmers and we can uh, discuss it and I can lay it out as though we were doing a software pro project. And if you wanted to try and emulate it, maybe you could. Not opposed to that. I'm not patenting anything. So I've had very bad experiences with the U.S. Patent Office. I've had these bad experiences for all of the patents I've had. I've had patents going back to 1987. Okay, so my first patents, uh, my first, actually my first participatory patents were in 1985. Okay, I participated with groups that got patents. And then I started acquiring some on my own. Um, and I don't do it anymore. Just, it's not worth the trouble. Uh, because the patent office, in my opinion, has is either corrupt at its core or has corrupt individuals within it that are being paid to funnel stuff to the big corpse and delay your app, your application, so that other one, someone else gets that patent. And that's, ha that's happened to me nine times now. And so uh, I just don't bother, right? So I've come up with other mechanisms, such as this one, for introducing my... Um, conclusions uh, into the social order to see what happens, which is, you know, sort of a way of a, uh, what the patent is supposed to do is to protect your um, inserting your uh, intellectual property into the social order where you're going to attempt to make money or whatever it is, right? So anyway, though, um, the process of my uh, software predictions here give me a, at this stage, they're very much reduced because of the nature of the censorship and the control of the language everywhere. Even though Twitter has come back and Elon's doing cool shit there, uh, there's so much about Twitter and its code um, and these, um, I guess we can say hidden, obscured, occulted uh, algorithms that are in place that, that are causing behaviors that are... Um, not in the best interest of the users, but it may have been in the best interest of the society controllers at the time that they were input. Uh, a lot of those are gonna go away as you take one or two or three out, you expose others. Uh, they, a lot of them are cooperative algorithmic processing of the data. And um, so we're starting to see some of that as we go forward. So um, at this stage, uh, I'm basically under uh, uh, operating as though uh, my predictions from February 2nd onward are going to be accurate and that we will have a, a large wave of uh, release of tension that will come from, uh, it, you know, seemingly triggered by the events of the moment as we are in this period of time. I expect a very large percentage of that, maybe over 90%. This will be a very focused change. So, it's not going to be like, you know, people are bitching about and, and uh, release language about new rules in baseball, right? There may indeed be a bunch of new rules in baseball, and there may be a few individuals that are all whipped up about it. But the main focus here uh, of the data and the descriptors is all going to the, obviously, the whole COVID injectable thing. And now we're in a situation where our social order, uh, the powers that be... Um, the evil Jews, as, as Rafi would characterize them, I assume, um, that are in control of the social order are, um, well, they're sweating it, okay? So, so they're a little freaked out. They don't know what they're doing anymore. They're under 
underpinning uh, of support is crumbling from them, and they have dozens and dozens and dozens of initiatives and things they're trying to do, all this commie shit, uh, tied into the COVID injectable. So the weaponization of public health uh, never lasts long, never lasts more than, say, three or four years, because there is never any real public health emergency, given the nature of public health and the human immune system. I'll get into that some other point. I'm actually going to be talking to a, um, um, uh, somebody with extensive medical uh, knowledge and years working in the, in the med business as a, uh, a good person, like a um, physician-level kind of stuff, right? And um, uh, we'll, we'll get into it then. We'll get into a lot of this stuff about uh, the nature of our species and protecting yourself and how it all works. So, um, the changes that we're going to be seeing and the emotional releases that we'll be seeing focused on the, uh, the vax damage uh, are going to have a, it's going to be a strange kind of a, okay, my data sets in terms of how it is plotted shows it in a very odd way relative to my previous 20 plus years history with this same process. So usually we get like the pig in the python kind of a, uh, uh, of an image when we, uh, when I graph this, right? I don't often graph it. Uh, I can do it with um, my spreadsheet program. I can kick out fairly sophisticated graphs and I've got some programs that help me shove the data in there and, and massage the stuff around in order to get a graph out, but I only do it for my, my own purposes occasionally and I've always assumed for years and years now because of 20 years of a history with it that I'm going to end up with this, you know, pig in a python, a big bulge of language, maybe multiple bulges. It might look like, you know, the back of a, a camel or something or it might be um, lots of little bulges. Uh, but it basically bulges upward. This time is quite odd. And we're talking about the range, the spread of language, okay? The extremes on one end and the extremes on the other and the more or less neutral middle. And usually in the analysis of the language, our more or less neutral middle rises to the highest part um, and is the... Um, uh, sort of the focus of the seeking because that's where all of the rich uh, uh, language descriptors are to be found within the data set. I sure hope that's clear. So so mainly uh, I get a large uh, rising uh, section within the graph and I can go and, and locate the words that cause that to occur and then I snoop around in those words to hunt for the descriptors that uh, may be uh, predicting uh, the nature of certain events that would be occurring in that uh, period of time. Now, so this time when I run that graph, because I wanted to do this in order to go and look at uh, the language, but this time when I run that graph, I don't get the, the bulge in the middle kind, uh, right? This thing looks more like a yo-yo in the sense that I have a very high bulge at both ends of the extreme and a very low middle. In fact, I've never seen uh, in all, I, I'd, I'd have to go back and re-graph some of those that I don't have kicking around just to make sure to compare. But I've never seen uh, this formation uh, in my data sets in all the time I've been running it. Now, that could be my own error. Computers help you fuck things up really badly. So maybe I'm just, you know, overlooked something. 
and I don't think that's the case. This part of the process is relatively simple, uh, but it could happen. You know, sometimes you forget a file or whatever. Um, I don't have the time to go back and rerun that graphing part uh, because we're getting into this stuff tomorrow. But nonetheless, it's quite odd. And, and it points to um, the nature of the release language uh, period maybe being dominated by uh, conflicting or um, uh, aggressively um, combative um, elements, so to speak, at each end. So uh, we may find that we're going to have lots and lots and lots of people pile on to the idea that they've been damaged by the vax, there must be reparations, we've got to do things, we've got to stop the vax now, we've got to stop all the injectables, all of this stuff, right? So we're going to have all that kind of language as all these people express their angst, uh, fears, uh, um, anger, uh, all of this about what's been done to them. So that population is turning. So the vaxxed population is showing up with enough damage now and enough worry now that they're going to be very, very, very participatory in this next wave of reactions that we will see in the release language. There is probably, in my opinion, the other end of the spectrum, we're going to find a decreasing but highly vocal uh, a decreasing amount of people, but a very highly vocal group that are going to be trying to maintain um, the even strain on society focused on the COVID injectables. In other words, these are the people that need the, uh, the lockdowns and all this kind of stuff in their mind in order to go forward. So, uh, you know, it's like, why not end it now if you know you're going to end it on May 15th? That kind of thing, right? And so, uh, we're at that point where those people feel that they need to maintain this just so that things don't come totally unglued around them too fast. But all of these, um, in, all of these uh, projected uh, views and um, evaluations on where we're at are going to be, in my opinion, subsumed by the speed with which uh, the turn takes over the populace. And so the, uh, this is the effect I'm going to describe, okay, is how it will go through the populace because it's not obvious. It's not going to be a, um, there's a period of time when the overwoo is simply sitting there eating on the narodyme. It's just eating away gradually, just breaking off little chunks of the officialdom uh, bullshit narodyme and replacing it with the woo, which we saw eloquently described, although he didn't just, he didn't understand he was doing that, in Rafi's uh, discussion with me yesterday when he talks about uh, his own mind becoming unhinged from its reality that the Vax was good. Okay, there was a little brief moment when he talks about that particular aspect and his the emotions that you get out of his face is basically what's going to be happening to all of these people that were um, Vax supporters that were uh, weaponized medical, um, uh, you know, weaponized uh, social medical um, infrastructure supporters. And so they're going to turn. And the, the effect that we're going to get is very much like the uh, fire in a theater kind of thing, right? So I've described this for years and years and years in my reports, started describing things this way back in like the 90s. But here's, here's what's going to happen. 
So we're all sitting in a large theater. Uh, everybody settles down. We're going to watch a movie. Maybe it's, there's going to be a play or something. Everybody's attention is focused on the front. Uh, the lights come down. Everybody quiets down. There's that gentle little hush as we all stop fiddling with our bodies and stuff and settle in, anticipatory to uh, the reception of whatever it is that's coming our way, movie or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. It could be a concert. Okay, the effect is the same all the way through it. All of us in this large, darkened room, all anticipatory. And then, uh, down in a, um, like back, about six or ten rows from the front, um, uh, there's, a, there's a woman there, and she sort of feels something uh, brush up against her, uh, up against her ankle, and she reaches down and she, she sort of uh, pushes it away, right? It doesn't know what it is, you know, just a slight brush, uh, an impression of something on her ankle. And so she brushes it away. And then it sort of comes back. Now, it's dark, she can't see, she has this feeling. Now she's starting to get a little anxious. What is that that's touching her? And so she has building tension at that stage, right? Because she's, she's um, getting into sort of a sense of worry, potential danger, she doesn't know what it is. Our bodies are designed to provide us these clues. She's just reacting to her body and going along with the sensory impressions that are being provided by the experience sitting in that darkened theater with whatever the hell brushing up against her leg. Anyway, so at this point, we're getting close to the, um, uh, the opening act or whatever it is, and everybody is very much more anticipatory, and she's getting even a little bit more anxious. So for the third time, something touches her in this general area of her, of her ankle, and she's brushed at it twice, and then she looks down. So she moves her leg over, and, and pulls her skirt aside a little bit and looks down and she thinks she sees a rat, okay, down by her feet, between her feet and the guy she's with. That's what she thinks she's seeing. Now, it doesn't matter that it's really the guy's scarf or one of his gloves or something that's dropped down there. There is no rat, but under the circumstances with her um, heightened, uh, uh, emotional input and focus on that sensory input, she, her, her mind instantly goes there. Boom, boom, boom. It's a rat. And so uh, she reacts. So she stands up suddenly and she's going to scream. Well, somebody else who was paying attention to her fidgeting, uh, a guy who happened to be watching her because maybe she's good looking, busty or something. And he's like three or four rows back. He's watching her and he sees her suddenly stand up. Now, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He doesn't know what's triggering her, but his instant reaction is basically to stand up and shout fire, okay? Because he thinks that she's alarmed because there's a fire down there. And then just as he shouts fire, she starts screaming because of the rat, which doesn't exist. And of course, the whole theater goes fucking batshit. Everybody goes pouring out of the doors as fast as they can. And we have ourselves a... Uh, a generalized melee, people damaged, all of that kind of thing. So right now, we're sitting there with all of that tension, everybody getting ready to, um, you know, to participate, to, ex to ex receive whatever the hell's coming. And, um, <laughs> and this is the way it's going to go. And so, um, he, uh, so, so at this stage, we're getting into the, um, we've got to get us, a, um, 
hang on, I'm doing some tricky driving here. Uh, Got to get us uh, out of this emotional tension thing. And that's going to be pouring out rapidly. And it's going to be all about, in my opinion, the public health weaponization. Okay, guys, sorry on the briefness of this. I had some other stuff to cover. Uh, we'll make another one of these later. i got to get some chores done. Thank <phone> you. <rings>